0: This is Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Karen.
1: And I'm Kelly. And And today we have a special guest. Joanne Hurd. Welcome.
0: Hello, Joanne.
1: (laughs) Hi, girls. Lee Sarlo.
0: So we invited Joanne because we love her. Mm. And um, because Joanne is a person who, to me, sees um, how people work and how people spend a great portion of their life Um, in the energy and how they move their body and, um, how best to move a body, um, so that injury is preventable, that posture is, and structure of the bones is supported. Is that correct? Yeah. So that the organs can be happy in their happy place. Is that good?
1: I didn't realize I was that good. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so so can, you tell, can you tell us what you do? Uh, yeah, Karen. Uh, definitely, uh, that's interesting how people see you, um, because of course we don't see ourselves uh, as an ergonomist. Uh, I do. I studied human movement. I, I I got into a natural sciences course at McMaster my first year because I had marks. I had science. I had math, and we had no people to guide us. We had we didn't have guidance counselors. So I went into science in Hamilton, uh, NatSci, and all I remember is studying tsetse flies, uh, cleavages of rocks, because I took geology, I took uh, natural biology, calculus, and I hated it. So I thought, because no one really tells you the difference in sciences, but I knew something was wrong. I thought actually I lost my brain, so I got (laughs) out of that course and uh, reflected for months while my my peeps, uh, high school friends, were still in, in university. I thought, oh man, I didn't even make first year. And then luckily I left on before the year ended, which I didn't know at the time. So they had no idea what my marks were. There was no record of it. Uh, I just spent a great time, you know, at Mac, learning socialization and uh, having some fun. <laughs>
2: so you didn't <laughs> technically drop out.
1: Uh, I did actually. I technically dropped out Valentine's Day because I had no more money. Uh, so that, you know, I just said, well, I can't do this. I hate it. I'm, I, I, I can't get marks and I was really trying hard. So I spent a month just socializing and trying to figure out what is wrong and left. And, uh, so that therefore in the end, which I didn't realize they had no marks, no record of me because you don't finish your, your two terms. Mm -hmm. So then I just reapplied in the spring as a, to go back to university and I applied to Laurentian and I applied to the human movement program and it was like night and day I get into it and I was studying really, really hard because, it, but it was anatomy. It was physiology, biomechanics, and it was uh, the, the human science. And I just, you know, I, you know, you'd spend all-nighters, but you wanted to because it was fun. It was lots, but it was fun. And I got through. And so that was how I got my human movement. And most people then, you couldn't just get out and have a job most i guess 80 percent of my class um 32 of us graduated we started with 150 wow mm-hmm. wow yeah because they you know how they weed you out in university yeah. so i made it and without ulcers it was great <laughs> my best friend she got out with ulcers she's from hamilton i said it was because she's from the city and you know they we uh, you know we get out and then a lot of people went Two, two or three of them went into med school and the rest went into teacher's college and i just said I'm done. Got my I got my certificate. I'm going to just go with it. And uh, so luckily I found a job at Nautilus, which is now The Good Life. Uh, so, but, it, you know, everything that's taken me here today as an ergonomist, it was all with human movement, but I didn't know where I was going. I just fell into what I liked. And so I was managing and I was a fitness instructor at The Good Life uh, for a few years. And then jumped, got offered uh, to be a clinical kinesiologist in a phys- physio clinic because I'd learned so much with working out muscles and functional, you know, it's functional movement. And that's kind of how it uh, flowed. Well, one of the things I think about when you're talking about this is how
0: your mind is in a million places at all at one time. Yeah. And in today's day and age, would some people classify you as attention deficit?
1: Yes, I've been called that.
0: Okay. And I think about the fact that because you have that type of brain that multifunctions at lightning speed, it's allowed you, and encouraged you, and have been the best part of you that gets to enjoy how you see human movement.
1: Hmm. Oh, wow! Nice, thank you. I think that's way better than ADHD. Yeah. Wow. And, <laughs> well, Just well, slightly. yeah, yeah. And I think about how
0: so many people have different challenges but ADHD seems to be just a great big slap on of a, for a lot of things now mm-hmm. and I think if someone's listening that has that is like you like I'll say like us mm-hmm. kinesthetic <laughs> um I like to how say. how th- the energy is just different how they see energy but how they see it at, at speed
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah and that's movement yes and that's a great connect Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I always saw it as movement, but I also knew I had a lot of energy in me. I also felt energy. And that's probably what trajected me to study the human body. And because if you're going to work hard at something, you might as well enjoy it. Right.
0: Well, you said so many things that I think are amazing uh, um, about how you've been able to accept who you are Mm -hmm. and how you've been able to sit in the middle of where Let's say you're at a university and the status quo is you're supposed to get that degree. Mm -hmm. And you were able to say, I hate it. Mm -hmm. And you were able to say, my peeps are moving on, but I got to figure out my stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. And and
2: I think it's really neat too how you even said that you had felt like you lost your brain. Yeah. And it wasn't what's wrong with me. It was something's wrong. And so instead of internalizing all of that, thinking how come I can't fit you went and found something else that worked for you. Hmm. Because i think so many people and it doesn't have to be a university setting feel like they're losing their mind. Yeah. Because they stay stuck in a, in a situation, a relationship, a career uh, that is not working for them. That doesn't work the way their mind works hmm. or the way wow. their heart
0: does. And and like interesting how you put your head and your heart together and a lot of people don't feel that that is something that's worthy hmm. anymore that you have to put your head there. And if you get money, that's, that's everything. But that you've, you've managed to put the two together and still come out with the same result as those people.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's, that's interesting, which means to me that you're living a more full life and a more joyful one. And yeah, I'm sure you have your headaches too. Mm -hmm. But that you are at least you're working at that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've always had an inner um, feeling, and I used to say whenever I made a change in career because I've changed job titles um, probably five times now. Oh, can we hear them? Oh, okay, is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. So the first, I think the first one, I was a manager at Good Life. Yeah. So I I did that, uh, and then jumped me into clinical kinesiologist. At a physio clinic, a very busy physio clinic where work injuries, athletic injuries, motor vehicle accidents oh, cool, would just come in and we would try and heal them, get them back to functionality. So my job was, you know, the physios got the modalities and, and the actual injury fixed and I would have to get them functional and get them up, back out. What's the difference? Oh, that's a big question. Oh, it's got to be huge. It's huge. Uh, I battled for 10 years in it. Um, trying to show that i had you know what i can think i have a mind and we we thought differently they think more clinically as i this is just for me hello to all the physios out there um who actually a lot of them believed in me and just would let me fly they gave me a lot of responsibility um because they could see what i could do and sure you know it was great for them the patients and uh yeah you know you get a kinesiologist in there They can help you make a lot more money, which sometimes it's the head, which happens in business, right? Yeah. So I I started to see that, but that was fine. But they let me fly, gave me full responsibility.
0: Okay. So Joe, you got to explain to me, I'm not catching this. I go to physio, Mm -hmm. um, and and I have like for a huge portion of my life. So, uh, for one thing or another, Mm because when you're trying new things and new jobs and stuff, you're always challenging the body. Yeah. Um, and I think it's... I think different people can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to a physio and that physio, you know, does a little bit of stretching, a little bit of work and I leave. And I know sometimes I feel good and sometimes I still don't. Yeah. There are lots of times when I didn't feel any better after I left than when I went in. Mm -hmm. So can you explain what, what kinesiology does?
1: Yeah. It's, you know, it's hard to, the, the way I see it is, If you're going to a physiotherapy clinic, if they do have kinesiologists there, and now we're regulated, we're a regulated health professional. So we're legal on the books in terms of insurance. So it's just happened two years ago. It's taken us 20 years. So now, um, you know, we are credible in the books of the law. um, But so think of when you're going in with an injury, you'll see there's two phases. The way I see it, there's two phases. The first phase is immobility. You've either really hurt yourself, you can't really move, um so then the the physio will take you from that zero mobility to probably 50%. So they'll do the healing part, they'll do the move the the joints if they have to, they'll you know which which helps the body get back to where the balance used to be. And then but because we've been down for for weeks, sometimes months depending on your injury, the body has become so weak and doesn't remember how to function. So it doesn't remember how to do Uh, Motor control, how to get your, how to get you walking again, how to get that muscle back to tone and how to, how to functionally get you back to doing your job or stuff you do at home. So that's where a kinesiologist would take phase two. So
2: it's going beyond the stretching.
1: Yeah, we would do, we actually, we did stretching. Uh, I did mo, I did some modalities. I could work on tendonitis because we're, we're, we have anatomy, but uh, you know, depending on the the physios, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a gray line between that. Um, smart people will, it's the person you're working with, right? If you have somebody who's intelligent enough to figure it out and know their job well, I can do a tendonitis.
0: I have never, sorry, Kelly. They
2: know when to pass it off is what you're saying. Yeah. Where their job ends and yours yours begins. Yeah.
0: In all the decades I've seen a physiotherapist, not one has ever suggested kinesiology.
2: Well, it's still enough for me. I've never,
0: I, until I'd met you, I'd never even heard of it. Mm -hmm.
2: And interestingly enough, you've suffered through actually, um, a couple different instances where you have lost your mobility totally and
1: not been able to function.
0: Totally. You know, yeah. Flat on my back for
1: months. Yeah. And, and yeah. And and depending on, yeah. And some clinics have them and some don't depending on, on, you know, the, the practitioners, but luckily I've luckily stepped into awesome chiropractors and physios who saw what I could do and you know, it would help them in the end too. Right. So can you keep going? Like I'm, I'm interested. Oh yeah. Yeah. Third job title. So clinical kinesiologist. uh... Thank God Kelly's here. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Keep us old chicks in line. So we're at number 12. No. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Thanks Karen. You, you and I can talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) Did you mean the old chick comment? (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, So that after clinical kinesiologist, I, I, I was there ten years, and I was losing my spirit that's That's what I started to feel. I was thirty years old, worked hard or thirty two I can't remember, but I was so tired after working for a day because literally we were touching and healing people all day long, who were in pain, who are which you two certainly know a lot about mm-hmm. um so then I remember, you know, the last couple of years I was losing my spirit and I said, I'm 32. I shouldn't be this tired. I was losing my chi or whatever, ever, because I've always tapped into that gauge. So then I decided, uh, I I saw the ergonomics, um, you know, because I would take worker injuries at the clinic, get them functional, do their testing to see what they could lift, what they could pull, what they could walk to get them back to their functional abilities of work essential duties. So I was doing Mm -hmm. that, getting them back to the work. And then a couple of times, I was lucky to get out and get into some um, corporations in North Bay and actually see them on the job and get to their job site. And that was ergonomics. That's when the physical demands analysis and functional abilities and occupational health and safety started opening up in my mind. And I'm like, oh, I really like this new stage because that was the prevention. Because really, if you don't look at how they're moving at work, what they're doing at work, they will come back in injured because I would see the same people come back year yeah. after year back to the clinic because we hadn't been able to change the high risk of movement at work. So then I, I started delving into my own private consulting. It was called Kindu Consulting. And I, I branched out part-time and then it was time to fly and I just jumped and I just started working on my own as a consultant doing ergonomics functional abilities whatever fitness I was doing some fitness training with people privately I did some company stuff and did that for a year so then I was my own little entrepreneur lost almost everything my home you know because I was just pulling out of RSPs but I was having the time of my life I was working 17 hour days which you two can understand <laughs> yeah they're still working so no they work 24 hours a day <laughs> actually Thank true you, <laughs> You guys, uh, yeah, you're amazing. I just want to say that. So, Thank you. that's, uh, yeah, and I did that for a year and had the time in my life. I was free. And then I remember I was getting a little scary. I was at the point where I, my roommate, I still had a roommate, and I thought, I think I'm going to lose the house. Like, this is getting bad. And I had a 10 year old Honda, and I remember just saying, I could live in my Honda. <laughs> And I Cause, did because
2: you loved you loved work that much.
1: I did, and I knew I was I knew I was doing it, and it was money. But you know what? I, I was pulling out of my RSPs. Luckily, I had a little a little bit, and then I just and then one day a friend a friend came to me and she said, "Joe, have you seen this ad in the paper?" Because literally, I was I was looking, and it was breaking my heart. I was literally going to have to put up my house for sale. So I didn't know what Plan B was going to be. Um, and then this ad came in, and it was from a company in Toronto, and they were looking for a kinesiologist health and safety. I had no idea what that meant, but I knew I was a kinesiologist. That's it. So I remember they called, I sent in my, my resume up, upgrade. I said, what the hell? I got nothing to lose. And I was having a great time still, but thinking, okay, time to put the house up or something. And they called me for an interview and the, the two people, the manager and the, and the supervisor came up, flew up to North Bay. And so I met them and I remember just coming out of my little Honda, slamming the door and going into the interview and they just looked at me and I, cause I had, a, I knew I had an energy of I'm free, I have no money, but I really, I'm like what I'm doing and I think I'm okay at it. And I remember them looking at me and they're from Toronto, boardroom type, but cool people. And they said, so who, who thought of this name? You know, we see you have your own business and I'm like, yeah, it's going great. Cause you never tell them the truth. And, you know, monetary, <laughs> monetary wise, you know, it was great in my mind. Yeah. And, uh, they said, who thought of the name? And I said, me, <laughs> and they looked at me, didn't you hire somebody for this? It's, we really like the name. They said, where did, how did you decide that? And and I said, came from my head. And that's exactly how I said it because I was in that energy where it's like, yeah. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was going actually for the interview for experience because I'd been out of the experience pool. So mm-hmm. And I remember just answering questions and are you a kinesis? Yes. Yes. Here's my degree. Okay, great. We'll call you in a couple of days. We have a few more interviews. I said, great. Walked out of there and went, that was fun. Didn't think of it. They called me the next day. We would like to offer you the job. And it was double income that I made at the clinic, like right away benefits. So all of a sudden I'd entered, I didn't know then, but government Mm -hmm. and, um, I just said really, and yeah. So when can you start? And so I, I didn't want them to think I was too excited. I said in a couple of weeks. I have a few projects I had to finish, and and then I did it. <laughs> so that's and then I opened up from entrepreneur almost sinking, uh, still having a great time, but you know the economy and stuff was kind of crunching in on me to this job that was provincial Toronto. I remember saying yes and I I drove down to Toronto my car broke down in Barrie didn't even make it my brother helped put it back together got to the interview got to the head office totally out of my league it was in a head office 17th floor um back in the city and I remember reading my job description and it had changed from that two weeks cuz now they didn't want just a kinesiologist they wanted a general health and safety consultant who knew the occupational health and safety act and I'm like I have no idea what any of this is, so I remember signing and uh, thinking, and I cried all the way home because I had no idea what I just signed on for. Yeah, yeah. So that was my fifth career, and uh, yeah, and so I went from a generalist to now I'm a specialist, an ergonomic health specialist. So I got back into my my forte, but I had to learn as a generalist, which was huge. I didn't answer the phone for months when clients would call me because I worked as a northeast consultant for um healthcare so every hospital
2: didn't answer the phone I didn't didn't want to deal with I
1: waited I, I got you know <laughs> this is how scared I was I was totally <laughs> out of my league honesty You know, and and it's funny now because it was scary and I cried for a long time and I was scared because, so then, but luckily these awesome colleagues from Toronto saw me because we had to go down to board meetings every month and I would just, who's this girl from the North, you know, and I'd say, I'm from God's country and I would just say it and you know, (laughs) it's in a boardroom and, but I think they liked, they loved my energy, which I found out later. They just loved it when Joe Heard was coming, you know, so uh, there were 30 of us that got together every week, every month. And luckily they saw in me that. I was a good person and I, and I'm smart. So they took me under their wing and, um, just said, and I buried my head for three years. And so when a client would call for these questions about law, about, you know, policies and procedures, um, it got me from here as a, as a, you know, clinical kin to huge. And I would look it up and I would read and I would study and I'd call my colleagues and they said, just call, we'll help you get through this. Then I would call the client back with the answer. It's all in how you say it. And then I would, you know, then follow up and visit and learn as I would go. But I was, they, they took me under their wing for three years, wow. which was amazing. And literally I was so out of my league, but I said to myself, you can learn anything. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we can learn anything. And my energy was, you know, I was scared. It was a different energy, but it's I, 14 years later. Here I am. Well, I think it's interesting about how, when we're scared, some of us stop. Yeah.
2: Like not answering
1: the phone. Yeah. Yeah. You (laughs) can stop. You can still get through it, right? You can figure it out. I figured it out. You know, I I don't have to answer them and tell them the answer. I can just let it pick up. And then I would study and figure out and call somebody, get the answer. And then they never knew that I had no idea what I was doing. Well, you're talking about a life skill. Yeah.
2: Well, and I think it speaks to the fact that you don't have to have the answer right away.
1: Exactly. Right?
2: And, and it's okay, even though you weren't in that place at that time to say, I'm not sure I'm going to find the right person or find the right information and get mm-hmm. back to you. And I think that that honesty that I speak of about you, because I know you now and today, um, you can easily say, I don't know.
1: Yeah. And, well, and
2: be okay with the humility of not knowing, but mm-hmm. still having the excitement of, well, I, I'd like to learn that. I'd like to find that. Out. Sure. Well,
0: and th- that's the thing about people that have to know everything. If you have to know everything, then you're feeding your ego, but you're missing opportunity
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. To, to, to learn or to get excited or to feel a different emotion.
2: Now, okay, now can I bring up a, a really cool thing that you and I have talked about on a personal level? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, not on a personal level, just not on a podcast before. Because yeah. <laughs> um, it kind of ties into what we were talking about, about stopping and not wanting to move forward and, and feeding that ego. You had talked about going into a workspace, and I won't use names or anything, of... Um, having to adjust and see how this woman was working and you made one slight adjustment and mm-hmm. it was kind of a freak out. Do you mind talking about that?
1: Sure. You know, even to this day, uh, you know, and I never get bored. I love, you know, I, I think the one thing I, one has, you know, about my hazard about my job is, is driving a lot. Cause I had, I have the province except for Northwest Ontario, which is fine, but still to this day I go and do assessments and office ergonomic assessments have become huge. Uh, right now I'm getting a lot more calls um, because people are sitting we're sitting we're staring at light bulbs monitors um, and it's starting to hurt the body because the, we're not moving and the human needs to move so one one uh, situation it, which blew me away it was just a few months ago uh, I went into a client uh, within Ontario and you know they asked me to to see one of their um, female workers and she was in management she was in you know um, a higher position. So I knew, you know, there's stress involved, because I look at when I go in to do an assessment, I look at five parameters. And um, as soon as I got in, uh, and I, it's good, because I have always been able to kind of read energy, I don't know if I read it, or I feel it. So whenever I go into rooms, whether I'm presenting to 100 people, or I'm sitting across from somebody in their office, trying to help them reduce their pain, I get the energy. So as soon as I walked in, um she she had closed the door and she had a big list of things and so i knew oh my goodness this person this is this is high anxiety this is not just about physical movement and non movement it's just, I, a lot of my ergo assessments i call them psychosocial because it is part brain mm-hmm. part body um so this this woman she's she was in a position where it was like the old typewriter position 90 degree straight back um she was working at a computer um, but she wouldn't she wasn't moving she was in a straight upright um, arms you know the the mouse was placed far away so yes she's having shoulder problems so what I did and what I do is is teach them the science right to sitting we should not sit in a, at a 90 degree angle 100 110 degrees extension in the low back um, reduces the stress and the load on our intervertebral discs which is you know it doesn't sound very interesting but over time
0: where are those discs for those of us who don't know
1: (laughs) sorry i went into my geek phil
0: no it's okay Uh, it's just that when i'm thinking okay do you mean my lower back or do Mm -hmm. you mean my neck yeah lower back. because people are going to say oh my butt hurts "Oh, Mm -hmm. my low back hurts
1: yeah yeah and when i'm looking thinking at discs i'm actually looking at them you can see my mind can't you Mm -hmm. I'm uh, visualizing it right now. It's the lower lumbar L4, L5. In between your vertebrae, there's those that cushy material. It's called an intervertebral disc. And it takes on a lot of force and, and, and absorbs shock. Um, but force, when you bend that lower back in a position at 90 degrees, it's a lot of force on it. Um, so people don't realize that when they're sitting because the back is happy and neutral standing. But then again, you can't do those things all day long either. It's the mixing and matching and moving around. So... So I saw that position and I said, um, you know, one thing I'm really going to help with your, the movement in your back, even your shoulders, everything, because if you're sitting up at a 90 degree angle straight and in, in a sitting position for a long time, the chair is not doing the work. It's your, it's your skeletal system. All your muscles are holding up your skeletal system. The average head weighs eight pounds. So you think of holding that bowling ball and you're putting all that stress on your small neck, shoulder, back muscles. So then I just tilted her chair, literally five degrees, because I knew I could feel her anxiety. And I, and I said, now, how, do, how does that feel? She panicked. Um, and I've never seen that. And I said, oh, are you okay? And she said, I can feel my neck. I can feel my neck muscles. And I knew what muscles were working because they actually were starting to do what they're supposed to do normally. But she had been so scared to move from 90 to 95 um, degrees extension, which is really minimal because I like to feel how they people can adjust. Some people I can flip them around like you too, no problem. Um, but when I did that, she high, high anxiety. Uh, I had to take a picture um, and show her that I hadn't moved her that much, but she was so fearful. And it, yeah, that's pretty much where we stopped. And then I had to just kind of talk to her about movement and just standing up if you're talking on the phone. You need to get out of that position because it's it is hurting her she you know and she was very very focused on her illness which i tried to minimize because i coming from a clinical background i i, I can just i know which is a really beautiful thing and i said oh ten you know tendinopathies, Oh, i did those all the time yeah yeah no this isn't going to hurt it and so i let her know that i i worked on injuries for 10 years um but that really was telling that day and now when i'm called in most times i'm called in to do assessments they are stage 3 musculoskeletal um, disorder. So they're not sleeping, they're taking medication, they're they're having therapy, the quality of life has decreased. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that's big.
0: Oh, that's huge.
2: Well, and this is something that I find really interesting about what you do in relation to what we also do. Because so many people will say, Oh, we don't have your gifts. We we don't do what you do. Yeah. Referring to the two of us. Mm-hmm. But having spent having been fortunate enough to spend so much time with you talking about what you do, it's so closely related uh, in the way that you read energy, in the way that you walk into someone's office or, you know, office space with, you know, these, any these work environment. People, and you not only watch the way they move, but like you said, the psychosocial portion where you're watching how panicked they are when mm-hmm. they have to give up that slight control of a 90 degree angle
1: mm-hmm. and how mm.
2: you know intuitively that, Oh my God, what does your home life look like, look like if you can't even give up nat- five degrees? Yeah.
0: Wow. Thank you. What I, do relationships look like by five degrees?
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a great question. Yeah. And that's exactly wow.
2: what I'm saying because you sit there and it's like, wow, their home life must be terrible. And, and I don't mean terrible as in judgmental, but just difficult.
1: Yeah. Because right? they pa- yeah painful, yeah. sad. Wow. Because there's such a bigger picture to me. It's not about... the chair
2: and that, that to me, like it kind of ties the whole conversation so far together because when you're talking about losing your brain back in university, studying, what is it?
1: Titsy flies. That one.
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) And being like, Oh, what's happening to me? I'm, I can't pick this up or I'm not enjoying this. Uh, And talking about that, uh, quote unquote ADHD mind Mm -hmm. now having fallen into a job uh, or career, where you really do get to look at the whole picture instead of just the cells. Mm -hmm. That's where your head goes. It goes to a million different places all at once. Mm. It doesn't go just to the chair and its angle. It goes to, if we shift it this much, how can it affect 50 different things in the big picture?
0: Wow. And that's why we love you. Yeah. Wow. Because you have that ability to see what we call the bigger picture and the titsi fly.
2: And, and and it's not just the ability to see, but for, for those of you who unfortunately are only listening to this and, and can't see Joe the way we do, you're freaking pure excitement doing your job. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the reasons mm. I've asked you to actually go on a job site with you yeah. to observe you working because mm-hmm. you're so in your element, lighting up, watching people make that five degree change and how much... Mm you know, most people can, can be like, wow, this is amazing. And you're thinking, wait till you get the other 40. (laughs) Okay. Can I ask a question, Joe?
0: Thank you. Tell me what five degrees does to the body. Uh, Yes. Because I want people to listen to it from the perspective of five degrees in their own life when in their own job or five degrees in a relationship oh, sorry
2: because everyone who's listening right now is probably sitting thinking oh shit how am I supposed to be sitting <laughs> yeah. and they're, they're yeah. trying to lean their chair back or... yeah everybody
0: <laughs> lean
1: back put your feet up on the desk talk about five degrees in any way you see five degrees five degrees can be monumental as I'm learning and seeing and it can be it can be so healing what's five degrees for a trucker in sitting anything
0: just if i throw an occupation at you and we play a game what could be five (laughs) degrees (laughs) it could be making the wrong turn okay it could be crossing
1: the line and hitting another car
0: Okay, this is why I'm saying five mm-hmm. degrees and what the importance is in five degrees. Because Can let, Let's play a five degrees your game. Okay, yeah. Cal, let's go.
2: <laughs> okay. okay, I just got pulled off the bench. Um, well, I'm just thinking because you're talking about the, the way that they're sitting in their seat, uh, but that it's not just about where your ass is. It's about how your arms extend from that seated position. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about affecting the wrong turn or a slight shift in that turn, then yeah, it it is. It's it's a completely could be life to the and, and the arm.
0: Give me five degrees for a doctor.
2: Oh, surgeon.
1: A surgeon. Oh my goodness. Oh, it could be your life. Um, it could be whether or not you have feelings, feelings in your legs. Uh, yeah. It's whether huge. they
0: can whether they hit a nerve instead of something yeah, else. If
1: you cut a nerve as opposed to uh, a tendon. Okay. Yeah, if you cut a nerve, you've lost any ability.
2: Well, and I'm just thinking. Like I know you're. T- are you referring to the people on the table? Yeah. Okay. Because when I when you said how what does it do for a doctor, I know my only reference is Grey's Anatomy. Um, but Great most job. people will connect with that too. <laughs> is um, one of the doctors made an adjustment to their intern and said, "You're standing too close to the table." I think it was Owen Hunt and Christina. Mm-hmm. and he said, "If you oh, back yeah. away from the table, yeah." And she's doing that pen exercise, trying to hit the nose on the dumbbell. Yes. Bill. Yeah. And so the 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 little literal degree she was standing closer or away from the table mm. completely changed again how her arms moved how she was able to cut or make um, that precision that precision
1: yeah it yeah I, that's amazing can I have five degrees for a singer <laughs> yeah uh, the ah, difference between true. me and Celine Dion <laughs> <laughs> that'll be five degrees in whether or not you'd buy my CD. Um, Five degrees in singing is huge. If you, it's like, if you just get off a little bit of tone and I'm not a singer, but I do sing loud because no one's listening. um, (laughs) But it is, it's huge. Uh, Even, you know, even beat, if you're a five degrees off of a beat, it changes the song. What's five degrees for a basketball player? Hmm. Trajectory, whether or not not they get a basket or whether they they get an injury hitting someone because of speed trajectory. What's five degrees for a mailman?
0: Male person, excuse me. Wow. My mistake.
1: Yeah. Well, that's whether or not you get your mail.
0: Um. And what is it for the male person? If they're five degrees in the way that they carry the bag, perhaps?
1: Yeah, if they for carry their back? It. Their shoulders are all... Uh, yes. Yeah. Their hips. They're If they're wearing the wrong shoes. If the shoes are tilted five degrees differently. <sighs> See what I mean about loving you? I just went there. You're just brilliant. <laughs> like... It, it, it does, because okay. I'm looking at their pack, sack. I'm looking at their letters, and then I'm looking at their feet. And the weight. Yeah, five degrees of, yeah, just even how you walk, how you tilt your foot will totally change your whole stature, posture, and pain.
0: W- what if I have, happiness? what if I, thank you, <laughs> what if I have a little curve in my leg? Because I've got a curve in my left leg between my knee and my ankle. She mm. always uh, makes it about her
1: yeah she's, oh, well. she's talking no, i mean talking about her it's iliotibial band again let's talk about her tensor fascia lata, just to make her feel better it's true if but if we, i'm a male person i'm saying yes oh my goodness your job is walking all day yes uh you're carrying 50 pounds and you're carrying your body weight which t- karen's probably about 95 pounds today so <laughs> you I worked out this morning yeah, she's she's pumped so you're carrying yeah and if you have it's like a degree of engineering if a, if a bridge is built five degrees off it will crumble and fall and kill people right it will not hold okay same thing with the body
0: so i'm trying what 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 we're having great fun doing is saying how much we adore what you do because you love the human body that much mm. and that part of that human body is that spirit the five degrees of being off
2: and like you just just said, that's your happiness. Yeah. So if you're five degrees, only five off, you're that much further away from happiness, from comfort, from yeah. mobility, from doing the things that you love.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes I, you know, I would hate to sound like it's all about me. But Karen just did that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's right. You're okay. Now it's about me. Um, yeah. And you know, it's interesting because I can, f- I would, I would feel things in my athletic days, playing soccer, doing activities like all other people, but I could feel, and I would say things like, I can feel the blood pumping through my legs mm-hmm. and they would go right. And then, but I literally feel whenever my muscles, when I work them hard, I literally had this feeling that nobody else could just. They just wouldn't feel it. So I thought I was a little bit hypersensitive hyper to it. I wouldn't say hypochondriac because I think I've moved through life okay, but I have smashed everything. But I think that's part of the learning curve. But I, whenever I'm off five degrees, it's, and I, maybe I'm OCD. I don't know.
0: It doesn't matter. The point mm-hmm. is, Joe, I feel it. Is that you're feeling things. And what I'm listening to when you talk is what other people's language has been thrown at you. Mm -hmm. so you have your you are in touch and in tune with your own body Mm -hmm. which a lot of other people are as well but if you are one of those people that bothers to be in touch with your own body you just threw a whole bunch of labels that people throw on people Mm -hmm. like um, you have OCD or you are hypochondriac or you are and that's part of our fear is that we're going to get labeled some of that crap but that's the other person's negativity, their energy stinks. And they Mm -hmm. project that onto us, the people that are empathic, that can be in touch with themselves, Mm -hmm. saying, I'm not in touch with myself, and I don't want you to be. So if I just insult you or hurt you, you're going to shut down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and I think of how often we do that with our children, or we do that with a partner, so that we can be better than or in control of the relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Because that sucks energy from them. Yes, which I've learned. Yeah, and it is always all, a all wrapped
0: up in "I love
2: you."
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And well, this is kind of a separate point, but um, the the idea that we're supposed to accept our pain that mm-hmm. some people will say, well, it has been 30 years on the job. Yeah. And it's like, well, in those 30 years, did you not think once to seek professional help about the pain mm. that's, that's being caused in your body? And yeah. it's like, well, you know, it's just part of the job. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, no, we have so many professionals like yourself who are so dedicated to understanding the human body and its movement um, that we don't have to accept this pain. We can mm-hmm. figure out how to adjust our chairs or like you said, you walked into another place not too long ago and suggested, which I love, every time your phone rings, stand up to answer it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's movement. So if you're stuck Smooth. in office and you can't walk, mm-hmm. stand up every time your phone rings, stand up every time you hear an email, ding go off.
0: Mm-hmm. And somebody would say that's being fidgety or unfocused or uh, like some people would be appraised in their job for that and be criticized right. for it instead of being seen as someone who's taking care of themselves.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying in that we're, we're taught to accept our pain yeah. as part of the job and yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
2: we, we have solutions to do to know and to do better
1: yeah definitely and it's it's such a culture because i think employers don't like things out of the norm their norm you know the cubicle farms that are still out there as i see 80 people lined up in cubicles um work can be productive and fun And people will leave healthier if we just changed it up to this day, uh, even in my own employment now you know, they've hired me to do this job yet. It's ironic because I still, to this day have to prove myself and teach them how to make their lives healthier. Uh, and I still get, I'm, I'm getting a lot more, you know, great after, you know, seven years in this location, people are starting to change, but, it's, a, it's, a, it's Yeah, it's still a struggle because people don't, you know, they get scared, especially management, senior management. They get scared because, oh boy, there's they lose control. They're losing control of you if you're standing up and dancing or if you bring your yoga mat and do a shavasana. Just give your back a break for 10 minutes, uh, which I did all the time, which is why I got my home office back. Thank God. <laughs>
2: well, there's your answer. Just yeah, your I was in an
1: office for two years and it was an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. I, I literally lost, lost my mind again. Um, because I was as my colleague in the same office and she was great, but she said, Joe heard you're like a wild animal in a cage because she saw how I moved. I just moved as Joe moves in Joe's world as you guys have been in my world and it was healthy for me. And, and that's the way I functioned and I could do any job well with, with movement and fun, but I was pretty much a freak, uh, for a while. And I'm like. No, luckily, I have some heart now. And I'm old enough to know that I'm a good person. And I'm not a freak. And and I in, you know, it's okay. But those people to this day, they really respect me and they see that they're starting to see the change because they're starting to do it. But it's taken me seven years.
0: Well, you're talking about human nature right there. Yeah, that's something that can I just read um a book, um, the art of thinking clearly. Mm. And how how much the author refers to the fact that the negativity is what wins is what what is strongest. So if you want to, and it's a marketing book. So if you want to market your business, you market through fear, you market through selling that your product or your service saying, and putting fear into people to Mm -hmm. drive them to you. Instead of offering them a positive statement, you offer them a negative one. Yeah. And that it will always win over the positive
1: statement. Is that like human behavior? It's it's just the yeah. way that our, our minds think, right? Yes. And marketing is all over it because look at the news.
2: Well, and, and fear stimulates. I have to survive. It kicks you into survival mode. So if I'm yeah. being told that I can't live without this, yes. then I better go get it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: That's right. And you know, yeah. And I so see that in your, in what you two do. Thank goodness for what you two do, um, because why should people suffer? with you know their thoughts and feelings and and wanting to talk to others who aren't here when they have you like you know it's simple like you're professionals we're all professionals and some of us just listen a little deeper and have gifts which I didn't know I had a gift um, but I knew I was good at it and and I knew my spirit and I know what I feel like but And that's what makes me keep going. I don't know what, you know, what's going to happen. But I I do these, you know, it's never boring. I go into these little places now and I just, I have such a great time. And I leave and I go, I'm still supposed to be here. Because we do have a lot of minutiae in in the work world, but I make it, you know, what I can. And so far they're letting me. So it's good. And I do make a difference out there.
0: Joe, you said something earlier. Um, You you made reference to the fact that you still have to prove yourself all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and that resonated with me because um, it's something that I have to do, as you know, mm-hmm. how Kelly and I start yeah. at the beginning of every session saying every single thing we do yeah. and having to ask for permission. And I think of how exhausting it is. Because mm-hmm. um, you're, you're pioneers. And you're, you're talking about how you have to keep doing the same thing, explain what you do, yeah. get permission. Um, versus when you go to a physiotherapist, we're not picking on them. We're just, but we were just talking about that stuff mm-hmm. or a nurse or whatever. And we don't ask them to explain what they do and prove it first mm-hmm.
1: before they're allowed to do their job. Yeah. Because they've been deemed as, you know, professionals Leg- years ago. Legitimate.
2: And, and but I see, you now, I would argue that now. Because with all of the information that's coming out about drug companies and um, medicine, mm-hmm. they are being called into question. And people do walk in and say, I don't want this drug. Don't inject me with such and such a vaccine. Um, they are being asked to prove themselves. They are being questioned a lot more. And I'm not, I don't say this in defense of them, um, but I am noticing that where we thought at one point that doctors weren't questioned probably not a great time in history to be a doctor anymore no it's not an easy time for them yeah i think i think
1: more people are learning and googling dr google Mm -hmm. uh people are are wanting to learn more information which in the end could hurt them too but i think it's difficult you're right and i think that's a great shift Mm -hmm. but i think we're all
2: being asked to prove ourselves and it's not necessarily a good thing but it's but it's also not necessarily a bad thing
1: sometimes it, it just tests you because you know when things get you know difficult again and you're climbing up another hill in in the life of work but it it reminds me if I'm going to keep climbing I must still be where I'm supposed to be because I know when it shifts I'll be ready to jump um so yeah that to me that tests me again it's like a test so I try and look at at it positively even though it can wear you out and I know it it does with you guys but yeah and yours is such a new like although it's been you know your gifts have been around for centuries, uh, but they but they scare people because people can't understand it. Um,
2: but in the same breath, I mean, you just gave a great example of that woman who wouldn't even give more than five degrees. Yeah, to me. She's scared to death because of what you do. And, oh, and interesting. That's, and that's mm-hmm. where I'm saying, mm-hmm. where it can it's be really frustrating when people come in and say, you know, I booked an appointment with you, but I don't believe in psychics, but I, I still want you to do what you do, yeah. but I'm not sure if I believe it. And so they, they kind of, you know, step backward and forward. With us, they're doing the same thing with you. So that's what I was trying yeah. to say earlier. Yeah, oh yes, thank you. Yeah, it's not. I, yeah. Don't, yeah. I don't think it, it ever. It's, we're the same. Yes. Yeah, and I was just gonna say I don't think it's ever personal because mm-hmm. in this world with all of the new information that's at literally at our fingertips, um, what we used to believe, everything has been called into question. Mm-hmm. When we thought that sitting was a good thing at one point, that sitting was something proper, that ninety degrees was a was a great. You know, mm-hmm. you used to sit That's the way we were straight and have the keyboard close to you, and, and that was the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. Now you're, you're talking about sitting on exercise balls and standing up with stand-up desks. Yeah. You know, everything that we thought we believed is being questioned.
0: I learned just today in uh, going out in the uh, kayak um, how he adjusted the seat for me. Yeah, and said that the seats were adjustable in the kayak. And then he was telling me all, and actually he said the word ergonomics, and he was um, Mike, uh, at, I'll say, oh. at Lefebvre Sports Store oh, in North Bay. incredible, man. Yes. The, uh, Mike was uh, demonstrating um, paddle boards and kayaks today um, down yeah. at Trout Lake. And Kelly and I went down and spent the morning down there mm. literally bugging him. And uh, he was teaching us the proper way to hold a kayak paddle mm. and how to shorten them, lengthen them, how to the entire ergonomics of putting the paddle in the water at the proper um, d- degree yeah. so that when you pull and using the force of punching the mm. your, the top part of the paddle yeah. versus pulling he was talking all ergonomics and this is about kayaking and i'm <laughs> now like you
1: get it yeah. we could have had mike come and do the show with us we should that's awesome but i'm just saying he's done his homework that's awesome that's what i'm
0: saying and i'm saying joe Mm -hmm. how we could take what you do it's in everything in everything
1: and it makes life easier
0: well i know that when i got in the right kayak Mm -hmm. with the right paddle and he taught me how to cut the water right and how to move my body geometric shapes by the way Mm -hmm. which i'm crazy about in energy healing I I could fly across, I don't have a sore back, I don't have sore shoulders, my low back isn't hurting, Mm -hmm. like, and I think of all of that, and that's kayaking, and and paddleboarding.
2: On on top of that, I I also want to throw in, it it lessened your anxiety and your fear. Yes. Once Mm -hmm. you were properly educated about the ergonomics of just being in a kayak, you no longer feared the lake like you used to, Mm -hmm. um, or being in, Mm -hmm. uh, or on that kind of a surface. Yeah. Because you knew how to move the body properly, so you didn't feel like anything was a threat.
0: Yes, and then after that, Amanda Cooley helps me from Ruby Yoga. And she sat on the paddle board with me, behind Mm -hmm. me, and got me to stand up properly doing yoga poses. In proper alignment. In proper alignment. So when I think of ergonomics, I go back to the functionality Mm -hmm. of how Amanda is teaching yoga properly through Iyengar Yoga for me to get up and stand on my yeah paddleboard Mm -hmm.
1: because you're learning what works for your body yes and when you apply your body and movement into wherever you are yes it's like butter
0: yes this is why i asked you to come (laughs) (laughs) it's it's because we're talking about the energetic flow we're talking about the universal laws of flexibility Mm -hmm. we're talking about some universal laws now Mm mm-hmm Which makes me super excited because this is where people say they want to talk about, oh, the universal law of attraction and they want to Does that really work, Karen? And I want to go at the
2: right angles.
0: (laughs) Yes. And I want to say, well, you, how can you get the law of attraction if you don't even understand energy and you don't understand these ergonomics of your own body, your own cells, your your own movement, your own structure of your own soul and how it's actually connected to your human biology, the muscles the organs, the bones, the movement.
1: It's all one.
0: The relationships, the job,
1: all of it. How we move through life. Because if you think about how you move, it's many, many things in a day. You know, how we buy our cars, what kind of furniture. Oh, talk about your car. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, please. Oh, come on. (laughs) Can we talk about your car? All right. She calls it the spaceship. I had, uh, yeah, I'm still learning as a geeky ergonomist, uh, which is a really good label. Um, I'm still learning my body because I have ignored it for years and and I learned that because I talk design I put people in design I I work it but I never realized about me in in design of a vehicle I would buy safe vehicles until my body aged and uh, as we know our our tissue tolerance decreases and mine decreased right as scientific studies have shown so I'm just living theories pretty much. So I, I literally, um, <laughs> got, had, had to get rid of my other SUV and I looked into better design, low vibration, low noise, because this is, this works better for anybody. body. Um, but sometimes we, we feel things as the body gets older and it, it d- can cannot take it. Uh, they can't take all these elements. Um, so my anymore. body can't
0: take my own car.
1: Yeah. I don't think a you lot will of
0: outgrow p- your cars. I don't think.
1: A lot of people would ever think of it that way, Joe. And you know when they market cars? I said to this dealership, my God, don't you even market? Because it took me a lot of research to figure out what vehicles have low vibration and low noise. Because Canada and the United States does not have the standards. Union, uh, the, the European Union does. They have, they have all those statistics on any car you buy over there. So I was looking at European cars. Um, but I said, what is wrong this dealership? I wanted to now work for that dealership and change the ergonomic (laughs) twist in marketing and become a millionaire because really, this is really why people are buying it. Well, maybe people buy cars for different reasons. Um, maybe it's the luxury, maybe it's the name. Um, but my spaceship, I bought it because I, my body was telling me. It was hurting when I would get out of my other car uh, vehicle. It literally made me sick getting out of it. And one day I woke up and I just said, it's this, because I changed every other thing that I could in in my life.
0: See, Joe, I don't think a lot of people would even give any consideration to the fact that they're sick or that they're hurting because of their car. Yeah, yeah, well, it's
1: a process of elimination.
0: Even if they... But a lot of people don't take the time to do a process of elimination. Mm. They think it's just the job or that Mm. it's just aging instead of thinking that there are other solutions to aging.
1: There is. We can age gracefully. You know, it's you don't have to hurt, but you have to make changes and important changes. And sometimes it's something you never thought you would do. But it really is amazing when you just jump and do it because uh, we have to make changes. You will outgrow your car. You will outgrow Perhaps your spouse, you will outgrow your furniture because your body's forever changing and moving. It's not the same as it was five years ago. Well,
0: we found that out with our couches. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did,
1: though, I eh, Cal?
2: Because well, uh, we had some pretty bad habits, and this is, can directly relate to relationships, too, I think. Mm. Um, we sat not on the actual pillow cushion, we would sit in between two of them. Oh. And so our couch really had an, a horrible <laughs> sag, give it or sag. Yeah. But it
0: was cushy at the back. Yes. And because this was one of these nice plush couches, deep I'll call ones. it deep. Yeah, it was two too. My legs would never touch the ground because well, I'm five one. Yeah, she look-
2: looked like a four year old sitting on her couch. You know, her yeah. legs stick straight out. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So my look. my feet wouldn't touch the ground. Um, so that left me with sitting on one hip with my legs to the side. Yeah, because you'd have contact stress. Good. Um, and because it was cushy in the back, oh, no. all of our necks were pushed forward Oh my goodness. Uh, because we, and we would all be like in a, in a slouch all your situation, organs, all of our organs your were, the spirit
1: was all caved in. You, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. And, and I, f-
2: I find it really interesting because, and I, the, we in no way have any kind of affiliation with any stores so we're not making plugs here. No. Um, these heavy pieces that you're talking about, the mm-hmm. plush ones come from the big Big stores like Leons, Manchester's, those kinds of things, and yet the one, the items that we've moved towards, European, <laughs> European. IKEA, IKEA, uh, yeah. Our whole house is now IKEA, and the feet can hit the floor, and we can sit upright in the couch. And there's so many.
0: They're sturdier in the sense that they hold my like my, my posture in a better position. Than those big, soft, cushy ones that were so appealing, like the lazy boy, Oh, pull my like sit back in the chair that caused my whole posture to just like you say, yeah, like push all the organs in like an organ, like an accordion.
1: Yeah. Makes you sad and pain.
0: And then, and then I could go to work and think that it was the job that was killing me Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of thinking
1: it was my furniture. Yeah. Because we, yeah, you have to watch how you move and and a lot of people like to think it's always at work, but. Our lifestyles are part of it. But Sweden, uh, England, they're heavy, heavy into ergonomics. They're way ahead of we are. Most of my research I get from there, and they have amazing... But they put it into everything, their vehicles, their their furniture. They think about the human getting into them, not what the latest fad is or the trend is.
0: Isn't that important? Like what you just said, they as a group, meaning uh, culture, the, co- the culture... culture mm-hmm thinks of the human first they do <laughs> and, and it just blows my mind that we're supposed to be on this continent of the superpower on the planet mm. and we still haven't managed to put the human
1: first no the human is always. we put the ego first yes. that's damn for ego, sure money and power first. yes
2: well, well yeah and, and i mean our continent has put us to sleep yeah like, yes they've literally put us into comfier beds mm-hmm. yeah and couches that you can literally sink into
1: and not mm-hmm. get out of mm-hmm. so we're a culture of Netflix.
0: and wheat comas, <laughs> and wheat comas. yeah <laughs>
1: that's a whole other issue yeah but, yeah it's yeah and it's a simple thing um yeah it's it's but it, as long as you can listen to you know pain is a good thing but only if you pay attention you know, and can sadness sh- is a good thing. We, we totally,
0: we totally believe that. So, can you talk, want to say it or share a little bit about that why pain is a good thing? Mm-hmm. Pain Just-
1: pain is your alarm system of your body. It's not something that, oh, I'm going to deal with and I have to put up with for the rest of my life. It's something that's a ring of a bell. You know, if people listen to their bodies like they do their phones, they call them smartphones, but they make us pretty dumb um, because every time a text comes in, we're on it. We hear it. Every time we get a little irk in our bodies or a little twinge or our stomachs are upset, we don't even listen to it. We just eat that other bag of chips or we go and sloth all day and do, no, don't do do anything healthy.
2: Well, we power through.
1: We power through. We ignore it. Um, and I think that's the problem with a lot. I've done it. I, I'm not perfect. I, I ignore things and I wait and I've had some pretty big wake-up calls, but that's what humans do. And they've really waked me up. And that's what made me do the big changes. Um, So, yeah. We often hear,
0: we don't, when we're as medical intuitives and I ask for permission and say, would you like medical information? Lots of people will say, no, I don't want anything negative. Mm -hmm. I don't want anything that's going to scare me. I don't want anything that's going to come in my future. I don't want to know anything. I'm a worrier. Um, I'd rather not know. I'd rather stay under the covers. Five degrees. (laughs) Instead uh, of the saying they they're yeah.
1: only comfortable with what they do know. A lot of people aren't they're so we get caught in our little cocoons, but it's good to fly. It's good to ju- get out of it. Um but any whether it's pain, whether it's mental um, you know, illness, anything, but when things are off, it's your your bodies are very smart. We're very we're still intelligent beings, but we have to start listening to us, our our bodies, not TVs not you know be, just be quiet for a while your body will talk
0: joe what happens in the brain what happens in the brain when the when the um i know pain? from an energy healing point of view and from having these gifts i see the pain receptors in the brain and i see them firing and what they do in the body mm-hmm. and or when they're deadened and oh, kelly and i see this clearly as wow. clairvoyance yeah but can you i just want to hear what you see and what you get yeah. or what Pride any pain anything about pain because i don't think people understand that that's the brain trying to send a message to a part of the body to heal it yeah and that we're not to stay in that state forever it was meant to be to get a message out Mm -hmm. not to be ignored
1: yeah and whether or not you want to listen yeah someone gets a headache they take a, a pill they take aspirin they their knee aches they take advil they live on vitamin i as i say in my teachings You know, if you're living on vitamin ibuprofen, Mm -hmm. you're in trouble because that masks with the damage and you just keep moving through it. So you just re-damage. So when I see pain, I see it as a, okay, we have to listen and move and get some help, change things up, and then the pain will go away because the body adapts. The body's amazing. But if we ignore it, it becomes chronic. If we ignore it with, with, um, just getting busier in our lives, adding more things on our agenda, um, not taking care, eating the wrong things, drinking whatever you know self medication people self self medicate and they don 't feel anything anymore so I, when I see chronic pain in people who don't change to me they're numb they're just they're not even feeling anymore because they're they're they 've taken another route, which is their choice right whereas I choose not to take anything and go and you have to go through the pain when we I had a chronic no, I had an acute back injury, which I never thought I'd get because I treated all of them. But I did get one. Imagine, nobody has an immunity, uh, you know, necklace just like on Survivor. Um, I take care of myself. I try da 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 da, and I had and I got it. Um, I had it. A- I was down for three months. And um, one beautiful thing is through my health care, which I learned, is my physician refused to give me anything stronger than a platinum Robax and I said and I remember going back to him I was in such pain and I can take a lot of pain but I just I just needed something he says nope go back take these and I worked through it when you're in that pain acute stage you shouldn't move you should lie flat you shouldn't because it's torn it's broken your body has to heal it so by not taking any heavy medication you do what your body is trying to tell you and it, it literally grounded me and, and I healed and I was, and then I got through, I think it was about three weeks of, of really, really, but it made you sleep. And the only time you heal is when you sleep. So with all the combinations, if you go, if you have the courage to go through the pain, you know, I've, I've not had childbirth, but whatever. Um, if you can go through the pain and get through that, the end, there is an end and you have, you beat it. You come out, you do build up your strength. You do come back you're, you're going to be different, but you're still going to be good. Whereas I've seen patients cause I've worked with them. They've, they've hit the chronic pain because they had taken strong, strong medication. It was, you know, it was prescribed. So then they ignored it because the pain switched the brain to say there's no pain. So then they did movements, which were more damaging. And then they never went back to work their quality of family life. I see people with canes that I used to treat in the, in, in the clinic to this day. And they were put on that that but it's it's a moment in time where your prescription your physician either says no you're gonna get through this I'm not giving you anything more than this or here you want that take that take that take that and that totally changes the brain and how you're gonna you're gonna heal
0: and this is the part where Kelly and I love it yeah because of the how energy energy healing and working with people through their past lives and their traumas and how that's coming up during this time yeah. um, affects their ability to heal.
2: One thing that I find really um, yeah. uh, infuriating but also interesting, because I, I do understand it, is uh, a lot of people will come in for their sessions and I'll say, we always give them the choice. Do you want to sit in a chair or do you want to lay down? Mm. Um, where they can just kind of be in more of a state of surrender when they're laying down. Yes. And those people who are in the chronic... Um, the chronic pain stage, or cute, or chronic fatigue, yeah, will say no, no. I'm just gonna sit, and they they want. want that control, yeah, to avoid the state of surrender. And they'll actually, I had this one woman said it to me yesterday. She said, I don't want to lie down because if I if I lie down, I think I'll fall asleep. And I'm saying to her, well, good. Then mm. I'll write notes and I'll give you all the messages at the end. Because your state of sleep is the only time when you are in a state of no resistance. and the body needs. It speaks volumes to the fact that Mm -hmm. when we're awake, we so, so often are in a constant state of resisting Mm -hmm. what's best for us. Wow. And when you were talking about how the body shuts down and then the brain shuts down to, to say that there's no pain, I go straight into what relationships then look like. Because you're saying, I'm no longer feeling. Which means I'm avoiding... Everything, yeah. I'm avoiding the confrontation, so I might say, Well, my, my wife and I, or my husband and I, don't fight. Well, no, we don't fight verbally, but we're just avoiding conversation altogether.
0: Uh, yeah, and they think that's not fighting
2: because we resist. <laughs> it's worse. That's we funny, resist everything, yeah. Uh, instead of going into that place where you're saying to be still, to spend long enough in a state of discomfort, and this is something yoga has taught me, you have to sit in discomfort for a certain period of time.
1: Mm -hmm. to learn, to grow. Mm -hmm.
2: Everyone wants this peace and this balance and this happiness, but they're not willing to go through the discomfort that is necessary for growth.
1: Exactly. Well said for you have to surrender to build up strong again. You have to break, but if you don't heal, if you don't go like the winter and cocoon and heal, you'll just come back out of the storm and you're going to be worse. And then you're just going to take meds or alcohol or wherever to numb it um, but your body breaks because you've not healed it Mm -hmm. and it takes us just takes everyone's different but if you can have the courage to do that and and you guys are awesome with you know the other facets which I've been you know very very lucky to have found you both because they're that totally helps with all the energy and healing as well because you know I can talk physical healing but everything is connected and it really works if you surrender and it's it's a great ride it's uh you know don't be don't be fearful I love coming to see you guys it's (laughs) it's it's very fun
0: so so I don't know how how are we doing are you good yeah are we are we gonna do you want to end this and then start another one another podcast like on just different topics or something okay so Joe on this one because this was more the one about ergonomics and stuff Mm -hmm. um ergonomist you said it right Thank you, um, Ergonomist. How do people reach
1: you? Uh they can they can reach me. Or, I'm with the. Or do you want to be reached? No, don't call. <laughs> don't call me. Call I them. I don't answer the phone. Yeah, remember, I don't answer the phone. Uh, you know, luckily we have all the clients in Ontario that um, have <laughs> that are in the system where the health and safety for you know of the province. So I don't. You know what? If you really want to call me, call me. Um, well, you'll... I'm
2: just thinking: can they call you on an individual basis, or do they have to be involved with the company?
1: That's, that's yeah, they'd have what... to be involved with the company. Okay. What about what about people like Kelly and
0: I? Like we, like or no, I, I won't say Kelly and I because maybe that's not fair because you're a friend, <laughs> and as a friend, you've helped us sure. with it's our right,
1: our, office. our offices volunteer and volunteer work. Yes. Yeah, and our structure. <laughs> so that, I do volunteer.
0: Yes. Oh, okay, <laughs> but. Can somebody out there that has their own little office in their own home Mm -hmm. somehow connect or um are you unreachable in that way you yeah are, okay so they have to listen to the podcast
1: again <laughs> yes call the podcast or dial in how do you do these podcasts um actually
2: maybe that's not such a bad idea then because we do want to have you back on the show so okay. yeah they do have questions that sure are, that are oh specific. i'd love to
1: we i would love to answer okay through then, the phone
2: then we'll just say um uh, if you can send your questions to info at dot com. b-y-s-a-r-l-o dot com, then uh, we can address your questions when Joe comes back to to visit with us.
0: And you can reference Joe heard so safety that we'll third. know <laughs> safety third. <laughs> Joe heard safety third. Okay. First and
1: second. Yeah, health and happiness are first and second. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love it's it. It's my new
0: shtick. Oh, I like that. I'm using it, okay. they go
1: Joe heard safety third. I'm like health and happiness are first and second. Oh, makes people stop. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I love that. And my
1: new director likes it too, so that's good
0: oh good okay <laughs> get your t-shirt. Yeah. okay so but we're gonna have joe on another show i'd love to so you can find joe Heard safety third on show number two <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> yeah stay tuned for part two and Bye. keep and keep moving